0: Good afternoon, and thank you so very much for joining us on today's session of Overcoming Negative Thoughts as we continue to learn to think like God thinks. The purpose of these sessions, for those of you that are joining us for the very first time, is for us as the people of God to move closer to the ideal of Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, where God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. These sessions are also intended for us to meditate and apply the truth of Proverbs 23 and 7. For as a man or woman thinks, that's who we really are. And the intent of these sessions is to provide principles and precepts that we can live by. So Let's get started with today's session, Overcoming Negative Thoughts, a study of negative experiences that produces negative thinking. When we talk about a study, a study is an act of making an effort to learn, investing time, discovering information about a particular thing, or investigating a subject or a matter. The Living Bible translates 2 Timothy 2.15 as, work hard so God can say to you, well done. Be a good workman, one who does not need to be ashamed when God examines your work. Our work, it's the work of our study of the Word of God. And even as positive, Christ-centered people, it is inevitable that negative experiences producing negative thoughts are going to occur. They're going to come our way. I'm reminded of, and undoubtedly many of you as well, of a video when COVID-19 first exploded on the international scene of two women that were literally fighting in the grocery store over the last pack of toilet tissue. What sparked this actions or these actions by these two women? I submit to you it was the negative experience of considering a fear of lack. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But for many, because of COVID-19 and other life circumstances, negative experiences always produce negative thoughts. We cannot stop negative experience or negative thoughts from coming into our minds or into our lives, but we can overcome them. To overcome may be defined as the ability to rise above a conflict, to defeat or prevail over, to gain control of consistently. And when we say something is negative, it is characterized by having the quality of something harmful, damaging, and unfavorable. The term negative also carries the meaning of being pessimistic, that which hinders and neutralizes progress. We overcome negative experiences, producing negative thoughts by God's word. The National Science Foundation says that we think about a thousand thoughts an hour. When we write, this same study says we think approximately 2,500 thoughts an hour. It goes on to say that the average person thinks anywhere from 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, and half of them are negative. And many have said to me, and I understand, many have said that I'm not a negative person. You don't have to be a negative person to have negative thoughts. No one would have considered Elijah the prophet, to be a negative person. In 1 Kings chapter 19, he had just defeated 450 prophets of Baal. He had just called down fire from heaven, but as he thought about what Jezebel said about him, which was a negative experience producing negative thoughts, Elisha the prophet, the man of God, sat up under a tree with suicidal ideations. No one would have considered that Moses was a negative person but in Numbers chapter 20, verse 11, instead of speaking to the rock, Moses strikes the rock. Why is this? How did this occur? Because as Moses was leading three a congregation of 3 million people, many of them were complaining and, and fussing and crying and whining. And Moses got frustrated and irritated with the people, negative experiences that produce negative thoughts. Because before he struck the rock, he had to first think about striking the rock. So what's the point? The point is you can be called and used by God and still have negative experiences that produce negative thoughts. We cannot stop uh, negative experiences or negative thoughts from coming into our minds or into our lives, but we can overcome them. How do we do this? Well, God says, my word in Psalm 119, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. A negative experience producing negative thoughts could be initiated by a disagreement with a co-worker, a neighbor, a family family member, even your husband or your wife. And it is the application of the revelation of God's word that is a light for our path to overcome negative experiences and negative thoughts prevailing over them, controlling them consistently. It's important that we remember, as we've shared in times past, that negative thoughts only come to hinder, harm, harass, and distract us from God's plan in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you hope and an expected end. God knows the end of our story because he's the author and finisher of our faith, but we're not exempt from the negative experiences and the negative thoughts of life. And there are at least two aspects of God's plan for our lives and ministry that we want to consider today in our study of a negative experience producing negative thoughts. One is the ministry of representation as noted in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 and the promise of John chapter 10 verse 10. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The ministry of representation is about you and I recognizing that we are to be the express image of his person. This this term express image in the original Greek it simply means character. So in the ministry of representation in the earth, we are to represent God's character. What's God's character? Galatians chapter 5. God's character is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance, and self-control. So in the ministry representation, we are to be the express image of Christ in the earth. We are to be the light of the world in dark places. Dark places can be moments like this young soldier here at Fort Hood last year, -year 19-year-old soldier who hung himself from an overpass because he was in a dark place of his life. Suicidal ideations continue to be and suicide continue to be the 10th leading cause of death in America. But because of COVID-19 and the current circumstances of the anger and hatred and racism that's uh, risen in our society, we have forgotten that suicide is still prevalent in our nation. So we are to be the express image of God Uh, of his person, his character. We are to be the light of the world in the dark places and dark times of people's lives. So our first priority in life and ministry is to represent him in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, everywhere we go. People should see the light of the world in our lives. That is Jesus Christ. Being shaped in his image and likeness means representing his character in our behavior, speech, and our actions. The ministry of representation is further seen in the Message Bible translation of Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 3a, and it reads, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter, those that are falling by the wayside, and not just do what is most convenient for us. Then Paul says, strength is for service, not for status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, and here's the question, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. This is the ministry of representation. So concerning the promise of John 10 and 10, Jesus tells us in the passing translation of this passage, the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy but Jesus says, But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Jesus in John 10 and 10 reveals the devil's strategy, but he also reveals our victory. The thief has only one thing in mind: He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy the anger of The rioting, the looting, the violence, the hatred, the prejudice, the bias, the racism, homicides, the suicides that we have uh, recently experienced. The thief has one thing in mind, and that is to plant in the minds of humankind to steal, slaughter, and destroy the purpose and plan for God in our lives. But Jesus says, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. How is this possible? By learning to think like God thinks about everything and not just some things. It's much easier to think like God thinks when we are in church and the praise team has led us into the presence of the Lord through song. It's much easier to think like God thinks when our pastors have preached the message that has inspired us and encouraged us But do we think like God thinks when someone has disrespected or offended us or disagreed with us? Jesus says in Luke 17 and 1, It is impossible but that offenses will come. A negative experience producing negative thoughts in the one that has been offended. The word offense carries the meaning of that which causes harm to another and may lead to a stumble or a fall from the faith. So now in the common English Bible, verses three through six in Luke chapter 17, Jesus says, watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins warn them to stop, if they change their hearts, and you may recall in previous sessions in both the Hebrew and Greek culture, wherever the scripture references the heart, it is synonymous with the mind. So Jesus says, if they change their hearts, which is their mind, which is the way that they think, and their lives, which represents their character, Jesus says, forgive them. Even if someone sins against you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times and says, I'm changing my ways, you must forgive that person. The apostles then said, Lord, you got to increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could do this thing. You could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed. That tree would have to obey you. So Jesus teaches us and trains us to understand that it is impossible for friends not to come, but it is all a part of the devil's strategy to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But our responsibility is to walk in the ministry of representation And to think like God thinks, not about some things, but everything and every body, which empowers us to overcome negative experiences that produce negative emotions and negative thoughts. For this study of negative experiences producing negative thoughts, we want to look at uh, at a few snapshots of the Apostle Paul's life. We know that Paul had negative experiences and negative emotions that produce negative thoughts because the Bible tells us about them. Now, this is from the man that wrote 13, 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament, if you believe that he also wrote the book of Hebrews, which I personally believe that he did. So 14 of the 27 New Testament books was written by Paul Yet he acknowledged that he had negative experiences, negative emotions that produced negative thoughts. In the beginning portion of Acts chapter 8 and 1, the Bible says, And Saul, he was still known as Saul at this point of his life, And Saul was consenting to the death, the stoning of Stephen. The word consenting or approving in this passage means to willingly approve, to approve with pleasure to delight in, to applaud what is being done. A negative experience producing negative thoughts. Saul was well pleased. He applauded the death of of Stephen. Why is that? Because anger and a negative emotion, it was negative at that point. Anger that had been flamed into fury had been building up inside of Saul against the church, against the people of God, because he believed that the preaching of Christ Threaten his religion of Judaism. The anger, the inflamed fury of many in our nation at the death of George Floyd and many others is all a part of the enemy's strategy to rob humanity of unity in our communities. So in Acts chapter 9 and 1, the Bible says, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. This was Saul's mindset. Where did these thoughts come from? Well, Jesus tells us in John 10 and 10 that the thief has only come with one thing in mind for humankind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. And because of this promise on the Damascus road, Saul was transformed from Saul to Paul when he began, when God, the brilliance, again, Hebrews chapter one, who being the brightness of his glory, God showed up, Jesus showed up in the brilliancy of his glory. A bright shining light shined, knocked Paul off of his horse of opinions and what he thought and knocked him to the ground and Saul had to say, who are you, Lord? Saul didn't even know who the Lord was, didn't know who Jesus was. And so God then tells Saul to go down to Straight Street so I can straighten you out. And at Ananias' house, Ananias laid his hands on him and the scales fell from his eyes because he had been religious without a saving relationship with God, the son, through Jesus, the Christ. So Paul's Damascus Road experience is believed to have occurred between the years 33 and 36 AD after Jesus ascended back to heaven. Now, after 20 years of Christ-centered ministry in 57 to 58 AD, Paul writes the book of Romans. And beginning at the 15th verse in the Passion Translation, Paul says, I'm a mystery to myself. In other words, man, I don't even understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but end up doing what is wrong, my moral abilities they, they, they contradict or they condemn what I want to do. And now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing it. The verse 17 it is no longer my true self doing it. But listen at this. But the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. Verse 18, for I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. Now, this is the man that wrote 14 books of the New Testament. And he says, For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how long we've been preaching. It doesn't matter how long we've been saved. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah goes on to say that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. This is what Paul is speaking of. For I know that nothing Good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. Verse 18, the longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower, what I want to do, is not enough to accomplish it. Verse 19, my lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. Verse 20, so if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it is not my true identity doing it. But once again, he says, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. As a man or a woman thinks, that's who we really are. Verse 21, Paul says, through my experience of this principle, I discovered that even when I want to do good, evil is ready To sabotage me Verse 22 Truly deep within my true identity I love to do what pleases God That's all of us But like Paul we must acknowledge That in our flesh dwells no good thing All of our righteousness Is as filthy rags before the Lord Because of our negative experiences Producing negative emotions That bring before us Negative thoughts that only come to hinder Harm, harass and distract us from fulfilling God's plan in the earth. Verse 23, Paul says, but I discern, this is why there's another power operating in my humanity on the inside of me, not outside of me, not what somebody else influences me to do. This is happening inside of me, waging a war against right and wrong on the inside, waging war against the moral principles of my conscience, the way that I think, Bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. Once again, he says, This unwelcome intruder in my humanity, that which is happening on the inside of me. Verse 24, what an agonizing situation I am in. So he goes on to say, So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? Paul was miserable. After 20 years of full-time ministry, the man of God acknowledges that he was miserable. So from verses 15 through the A portion of verse 24, all of these negative experiences that he had gone through, the, the, the consenting to the death of, of, of Stephen, the uh, the breathing out the threats and murders against the people of God, not knowing the Lord, being religious without a relationship... All of these negative experiences that had been uh, hanging on to his mind, rooted in negative thoughts in his mind by this unwelcome intruder, seeing on the inside, waging war against the right that he desired to do. And after 20 years of Christ-centered ministry, preaching all around the known world at that time, Paul acknowledges there's an unwelcome intruder in my life negative experiences in my life. This unwelcome intruder has produced negative thoughts in me. But now in verse 25 of the Passion Translation, Paul overcomes this neg- these negative experiences, the negative emotions and the negative thoughts. This unwelcome intruder. Well, how did he do it? He reveals to us how he did it and proves to us how we can do it. Verse 25, I give all my thanks to God for His mighty power, it's God's power that enables us. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. The power of God's word has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I still, He still acknowledges verse twenty-five. If I, if left to myself, my flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind. How often do you and I need our minds renewed? We need our minds renewed every time a negative experience, negative emotions, and negative thoughts rise up to try and control us, take control of our thinking, take control of our actions and behavior. So Paul says, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Micah 6 and 8 says, For he has shown thee, O man, what is good, but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before thy God. This is the path to overcoming negative experiences, negative emotions, and negative thoughts, the principles, the precepts of God's word. Overcoming negative experiences, negative thoughts, is by the renewing of our minds, fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles that are his word, And the principle, again, is a universal law that is true in any context, situation, environment, or organization, much like the law of gravity. The law of gravity is just as true here in Central Texas as it is in New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. And Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So what we learn and are learning from a study of negative experiences producing negative thoughts is that we can study the lives in the Bible of Adam, Eve, Moses, Elijah, and countless others that had negative experiences. Adam and Eve, see, none of this is new. The devil's strategy, he has not had to change his strategy because it's still working. Negative experiences producing negative thoughts occurred in the garden. When Adam rolled up on Eve and planted in her ear, has God really said? So that negative experience, a negative encounter with Satan in the form of a snake produced a negative experience, producing negative thoughts that Eve passed on to Adam that caused them to be removed from the garden and trying to cover up their uh, what they had done with fig leaves and aprons. Overcoming negative thoughts and negative experiences is only by the word of God, and we can study the lives of countless others, to include history's figures that have had negative experiences producing negative thoughts. America's first commander-in-chief, George Washington at Valley Forge, had to deal with the death of over 2,500 soldiers from starvation, exposure to frigid temperatures, lack of clothing, sickness, and disease. Thomas Edison and his light bulb, it's recorded that he failed over 10,000 times. He had to overcome all 10,000 times. Washington had to overcome the death of 2,500 of his soldiers. Martin Luther King, what many don't know, he attempted suicide twice At the age of 13, after the death of his grandmother, he experienced throughout his life severe depression and discouragement, the weight of constant death threats against his family. Oprah overcame the negative experiences and thoughts of years of sexual abuse, running away from home at 13 and at 14, getting pregnant and the baby dying prematurely. And because she overcame the negative experiences, the negative emotions, and the negative thoughts. Oprah changed daytime television. Her net worth today is $2.6 billion because she overcame the negative experiences, the negative emotions, and the negative thoughts of her past. And a study, as we shared at the very beginning, is the act of making an effort to learn Investing time, discovering information about a particular thing, investigating a subject, a matter. And for us as preachers, and we all are preachers, for us as ministers, we all are ministers. We're servants. As a preacher, we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. As ministers, we have a basin and a tile of water prepared to serve our communities But as a preacher and a minister, we are also a researcher. Over the course of our lives in ministry, we make an effort to learn God's word. We study to show ourselves approved unto God. But as a preacher, as a minister, and as a researcher, when have we researched or studied ourselves? Or per our subject today, when have we studied our own personal negative experiences and emotions that have produced negative thoughts that are stored in the warehouses of our minds? Take a moment to think about that question. Take just a moment. There was a time in my life in the early 90s, I want to say 1991 and 1992, I had been in full time ministry about 10 years at this point of my life. I had been invited to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to uh, share in a leadership conference on a Friday night. And of course, the presence of the Lord was rich in that place. And I'm thankful that the Lord used me to be able to share truth after 10 years of ministry. And so I was staying in a hotel in downtown Milwaukee. And my host shared with me that there was a men's store right down the street from my hotel, so on Saturday morning before the afternoon session, I walked, I was on my way down to this men's store. Uh, I was going, you know, pick up a suit or a tie or something. But as I'm walking down the street, I walk past a homeless man. As I get three steps beyond this homeless man, the Lord stops me in my tracks and says that could be you. I went back to my church the next Sunday, shared that experience, that principle, that life lesson that I learned, because did I walk in the ministry of representation? Did I represent the Lord concerning that man? No. Did I think like God thinks about that man? No. But I learned the principle. I learned the precept. Now, fast forward 10 years. I'm in school. No, maybe not 10 years let's say 1997, 98, so seven, eight years later. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a student at Georgia State University. And again, downtown Atlanta, most of our major cities are always going to be homeless persons downtown. The lesson that I learned some seven, eight years earlier in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I applied to my time at Georgia State. What I felt led to do, whether it was right or whether it was wrong, I felt led to take several rolls of $3 bills, one for the father, one for the son, one for the Holy Ghost. So when I was downtown Atlanta, the underground was still on and popping restaurants, I mean shopping beyond. So whenever I came across a homeless person and someone would ask me for money, I would reach into my pocket and pull out a roll of the $3 bills, one for the father, one for the Son and one for the Holy Ghost. I thought I had learned the lesson that God was teaching me or had taught me in Milwaukee in 1991 and 1992. Fast forward the video of Greg Cruel's life to June 25th, 2020. My wife and I, downtown Austin, Texas, we're going to a restaurant to uh, it was my birthday. We're going to a restaurant, and as we're walking down the street, as I looked up the street, I saw a man. He appeared to be homeless. I stepped in between my wife and this homeless man, and as sure uh, and as soon as he got to me, sure enough, he started to ask for money. But now what happened was to my own chagrin and humiliation i didn't treat I didn't think like God thinks about that man. I didn't walk in the ministry of representation because when that man started talking to me, I simply replied, I can't help you. Did I walk in the ministry of representation just a few couple weeks ago? Did I think like God thought about that man? No. Most of us, if not all of us, have a lot more in common with David than we realize. After Nathan pulls back the curtain of David's life, and uncovers what he had done with Uriah and Bathsheba. David says in Psalm 51, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. And against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. I will never forget June 25th, 2020. I will never forget Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the early 90s. I will never forget Atlanta, Georgia in the late 90s. But June 25th holds even a greater significance for me because I thought I had learned the lesson that God was teaching me in Milwaukee where he stopped me in my tracks and said, That could be you. June 25th holds for me the promise and the assurance of God's grace and mercy because he reminded me of what the ministry of representation looks like, even through negative experiences producing negative thoughts. There was a time in my life when I would have been discouraged and troubled by my failure to represent God as I should. But goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life, just like goodness and mercy are following all of us all the days of our lives. And in that moment of failing to walk in the ministry of representation, of failing to think like God thinks about that homeless man on June 25th, 2020, I could have responded in kindness. I could have responded in compassion. I could have put a couple dollars in his hands, but I did not. And in that moment of failing to think like God thinks, in that moment of failing to treat that homeless man with compassion and kindness, it was as simple for me as to repent from my sin and learn not to do it again. And so what we learned from a study of negative experiences producing negative thoughts is that the devil's strategy in John 10 and 10 is to steal our confidence, steal our joy, Steal our determination to live for the Lord, to destroy the plans that God plans for us. His strategy, negative experiences that only come to hinder, harm, harass, and distract us. That will push us to look at, to look at, or count the things that we didn't get right, instead of the things that are right. What's right about us as the people of God is our desire and our passion to forget those things that are behind and press towards the mark of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. We don't always get everything right. There are times in our lives when we are wrong. But all we have to do is repent, learn the lesson, repent and not do it again. Why? Because the promise of John 10 and 10 made that Jesus says, but I have come to overcome the devil's strategy, to steal, to slaughter, to destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. How so? Because Jesus says in Revelation 12 and 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We have a new chapter to add to the testimony of our lives today because God's strategy in John 10 and 10 guarantees our victory. Following God's strategy for overcoming negative experiences and thoughts makes you and I living examples of 2 Timothy 2 and 15 in the Living Bible Translation as as it says, work hard, study hard so God can say to you, well done. Be a good workman, a workman. What are we working at? We're working at studying, understanding the word of the Lord that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway that empowers us to overcome negative thoughts, negative experiences, and negative emotions. Be a good workman. Study to find, to show yourself approved. One who does not need to be ashamed When God examines our work, because in the end, ladies and gentlemen, in the end, we always win. Well, I want to thank you for joining us once again in today's session of Overcoming Negative Thoughts, a brief study of negative experiences that produces negative thoughts.